0: Scott Fitzgerald is credited with saying, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Now, most marketers are holding dozens of ideas in their minds, many of which are in opposition. And then these poor souls are expected to be creative and thoughtful amidst all of this. I experience it. The people that attend my seminars and workshops experience it, and I believe it is a barrier to the culture of experimentation and marketing in product development and more. These are the things I talk about. Now I can bring book authors and consultants and titans of industry on the Intended Consequences podcast any day, but today I want to help you step outside yourself. Carl Jung defined projection as our tendency to project subconscious thoughts on to other people. He believed that studying our thoughts about others would lead us to breakthroughs in our own life and work. I want to help you see your own challenges through the eyes of another marketer like yourself or like the people on your team. It is difficult to see ourselves in motion, so you're welcome. Welcome to Intended Consequences, a podcast from Conversion Sciences. I'm Brian Massey, and I believe that anyone is capable of using behavioral science to predict the success of their marketing campaigns. Marketing magic is real, and I'll teach you how to harness it.
1: Just do it as we always do it, and that assumptions was a big part of what restricted us then, I think, from branching out.
0: Erin Collis has a lot on her plate, as I suspect you do. Erin is Marketing and Communications Manager at Karate USA. That's spelled C-O-R-R-A-D-I. I picked her almost at random to join me and talk about the challenges of being a digital marketer in 2019. She attended one of my full-day workshops, but we aren't going to talk about that. Instead, I want you to listen to the advice you would give her. My guess is that this advice is exactly what you need. So as you listen, pay attention to what you're projecting onto our conversation. Would any of these thoughts apply to you? And as always, stick around after the interview for my When You Get Back to the Office segment. I believe that design is fundamentally changing. I think so much has gone digital that for most businesses, we're, um, we're really going digital first. Give me a, an idea there at Karate. And you know what? You should probably spell the name of the company because I know a lot of the listeners are like me thinking Karate, the the ancient Japanese uh, art of self-defense.
1: That's that's a common misconception. Um, it's spelled C-O-R-R-A-D-I, Karate. Uh just... Just think of it with an Italian accent. In in Europe, it's very well known because of the retractable roofs and awnings. Um, in Europe, people spend a lot of time outdoors, and so having an awning or a screen or a retractable roof that's commonplace. It's everywhere there. Here in the U.S., people spend a lot more time inside, and it's it's just it's a a market that's still kind of in, in its, uh, for lack of a better word, infancy state. I, because of how much time people here spend indoors, um, well,
0: especially here in Texas during oh. the summer, we, uh, we we like our air conditioning, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. It's definitely something that's necessary here. Uh, when I when I was uh, over there this last January, it was it was so nice and so beautiful outside. But also, even in Europe, I've heard they go outdoors. Just whenever, because there's not a whole lot of space. You know, you go into a restaurant and the restaurant is the size of a closet and there's 20 people inside. They want to open as much space outside. Whereas here, uh, especially in Texas, there's a, there's a lot of space so you can kind of spread out or you can facilitate more people inside.
0: It's a little ironic. The more space we have, the less spreading out we do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, No kidding.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about uh, how much in terms of when you're going to market, how much of your current mix is print, advertising, what I'm going to incorrectly call uh, analog style. (laughs) Do you do do radio? Do you do TV? And how much of it uh, is digital? And when I say how much I'm interested both in kind of a workload standpoint and also uh, impact on the business.
1: We're a B2B company. We, we don't sell directly to end users. We have a network of dealers, you know, like car dealerships have their networks of dealers, but you're not never directly dealing with Ford. You're dealing with Sam, what's his face. I would say we're, we're a lot more online than we were before, but it's more so with our website. We've got that up and running, although that's being rebuilt. Um, like right right now, we're not touching it because we're working with Italy to rebuild it but we do, we do a lot of print and we do trade shows are a big thing for us right now. We design a booth and we send people out to trade shows, especially ones that directly deal with architects that can build our systems into their design because we want them to know that one, that it exists and that uh, it's a, a beautiful uh, product uh, that we want to get out. And, and, While we're there, you know, we collect leads, but we also we do have a lot of print, we have a lot of brochures, we have a lot of flyers. And, you know, we, we, we do the totes and the pens, we do some magazine advertisements, but we're not seeing, like you say, with radio and TV, and all that, that, that whole, it's difficult to measure that ROI to see you know from these magazines we we can't see what's happening with them or if they're even making an impact
0: is it really making making people more aware of your products
1: right and we're we're still uh, in discussions of how to move forward with our digital marketing uh because we don't do a whole lot of it right now we're i mean we do some social media it's uh it's something we're making more and more consistent but right now that would be me posting it. <laughs> Whereas uh we have tried some agencies in the past to try to cover social media, but the responses we got on it weren't proving ROI. Like the the, the data that was sent to us we couldn't understand and we didn't see any uptick in sales or recognition with these specific companies.
0: And I think any uh, any folks in agencies should be listening because this is something that that we hear too. Now you know we get called at Conversion Sciences when folks are uh, exactly trying to understand better what's working and how they can make it work better. And um, I think um, you know I, I talk about the, the things that I think data really does help, and agency relationships is one of those things. So if you are in an agency. I think this is something that you're going to be here. You may not be hearing from your clients, but they're not understanding the data and not understanding the results. And I'll tell you, I think a lot of the time, agencies are still getting up the learning curve on data, how to use it, how to present it, how to interpret it. All of those those things that um, that I, I stand on stage and present about.
1: Yeah. When I went to the Digital Summit this last fall, it was just after we had we had hired an agency for a few months as a trial for our social media and content. And we were really excited about it. For us, it was uh, to get approval for the investment. Um, it's something we'd never done before. And they posted on social media and on our blog and everything for us. Um, and we went through, you know, uh, went back and forth on content and everything, and they would send a report at the end of every month. But it, it was a report that that didn't correlate to what our sales were. It didn't let us understand our business and how this was helping our business.
0: The uh, we we talk about the the bottom line uh, metrics that were ultimately held to, and I assume that you've got. A uh, set of objectives that you're supposed to hit in terms of number of leads generated, number of sales, uh, et cetera. Um, and we always say that our favorite metric is the the, the the finance person's smile. If they're smiling, then then we're doing a good job. And I think um, I think sometimes agencies or in other internal teams lose sight of that. I'm curious if, and, and I'm certainly not here to, to throw stones at agencies or anything like that, but. Did they take ownership of any of the landing experiences or did they simply say, look, we sent a whole bunch of clicks to your website. Um, you're welcome.
1: Basically, you know, they would say certain numbers are good. Like, you know, this, this many likes or this got this many click throughs, but so far as a landing page, we didn't really have a landing page or a way to measure that other than our own, you know, Google analytics on a website that was already there.
0: You've got a a business that is really built on relationships. And I think this is very interesting because um, it can be hard to build and maintain relationships digitally.
1: Yes. And uh, I think uh, so part of when I was bringing up the B2B, um, a lot of uh, a majority of our business currently is offline business, but, the value that we have to offer our customers, or that really makes them sick, which is our dealers, is offering them services, uh, making it easier to sell the product.
0: And so, uh, I want to I want to point something out because this is an experience that I had as a <laughs> as a as a marketer, and and an experience I have in talking to other marketers. And it is uh, the marketing is notoriously understaffed, under resourced. And so what it means is a small number of people responsible for a large number of things. And so, you know, we start talking about a particular problem and it very quickly, there's a yes, but, and a yes, but. There are these other things that are, are being juggled in the minds of marketers that um, almost preclude focus. Um, talk to me, uh, why don't you give us a, a quick summary of... The uh, the the projects that are in your mind jostling for attention at any one time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have our website uh, redesign that we're creating, and uh, basically as well as a our dealer loyalty program that's got to correlate with our website redesign. Because I think probably the most important part of this whole redesign is going to be the back end where a dealer can log in and price out their product. Online as well as get technical documents, um, as well as get uh, CAD files, so that they can distribute that to architects. And uh, so,
0: this is more than a more than a website. This is actually an application. This is a service application.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, and and that's you know that's just a small part of the digital side. Um, also. We have our, our brochures are constantly being redone with a new look, which that's i am I'm, I'm the designer in house as well. So I'm putting that together as well as I do have a marketing intern for the summer. So, and she's assisting me on kind of figuring out this uh, loyalty program and I, she's doing surveys on the phone, uh, which is very hardcore old style pound the pavement kind of deal. Um, and, uh, part, and part of the reason why she's doing that is because we've sent out surveys and even to our own dealers to kind of, we want feedback. We want to hear what they have to say. Um, we'll send it out to like three or 400, uh, dealers and we'll hear back from seven of them. So, uh, and then we also have, you know, the, the leads that come in, Uh, whether they're from our trade shows or they're from – we're doing a CEU course for architects, um, which we created this past year, that uh, we get uh, a bunch of leads in from those every week, and we've got to figure out the distribution of leads. We also have leads that will walk in. We're the headquarters, and we have a showroom, but usually our our dealers will bring in clients and stuff. But occasionally, we'll have someone just walk in uh, off the street that wants to look at an awning (laughs)
0: So already we've got a website, which so many of us see as uh, a digital brochure, and it's absolutely not. This is software, especially the kind of website you're building, which is a, this is a SaaS application for your dealers. So you're responsible for managing pieces of that, a course, uh, online learning of some sort. Their usual print brochures, uh, doing the research, having someone on the phone with clients. Because yes, for dealers, um, it's just sometimes what you have to do. And the issues around having a physical bricks and mortar location to serve both dealers and customers—that's uh, pretty extreme. And at the same time, majority of your resources, a majority of the company overall, are in in Italy, and so they're driving technical specs and design specs and everything. So it's you and an intern basically here in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, till the end of July. And then it's just me again.
0: So those of you listening, if you're complaining about what you've got to keep in your mind at one time, uh, I think maybe you should think twice about that. No, absolutely not. And this is the problem. This is the problem. Uh, I'm afraid to ask, but how are you, how are you managing this sort of thing? Is it just, uh, just hitting deadlines as best you can? And as a designer, there's got to be a certain bar for excellence that you hold yourself to. How do you carve out the time that lets you spend the time, uh, on those things that really do require you to, to kind of sink in and, 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 and steep in your curiosity, your creativity, um, the the research that you've got, the personas that you're trying to keep in mind, uh, any tips for uh, how you're making it all work?
1: So it's uh, time management is a big part of it. Um, Making sure that you have everything in a list um, as well as, so when I get excited about certain projects um, or I, I always make sure I get something done and sometimes it's, it's just what it's supposed to be, but there are sometimes like when, when you're creating a new brochure or uh, you want to really – or when you're creating the groundwork for something, like creating the the workings the on the back end of this website, which is something that I'm currently working on this week. Just a list of everything that we want in there. That's that's when sometimes I'll just stay – because during the day, you know, we've got an open office. We've got a lot of people going in back and forth, uh, a lot of talking and – so uh, after, after five, when everybody is just like, it's five o'clock, spin the wheels, get out the door, I'll put my headphones on and uh, just kind of to let me get into that mode of, of thinking in detail about this project and, and what it is and really just caring about where it's going, what needs to be involved in it. Um, and it, just occasionally, I, I've got to pull those extra hours to get it done right.
0: We had Dr. Diane Hamilton on and, and, um, you know, she's talking about creativity and curiosity, primarily about curiosity. And, you know, I I realize that it's the end of the day, especially on Friday when, you know, the the last of the people who are bidding for your attention fall away and you can spend a couple hours chasing curiosity, doing an analysis that you are just curious about. Uh, even working on our own marketing and, and writing. Those are the, those are those golden hours. So time management and just putting the headphones on and booking a few more hours at the end of the day. Uh, I think that's probably the strategy that uh, most of our listeners are facing as well.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, you, you mentioned Dr. Diane Hamilton and uh, I, I listened to that episode and the whole curiosity code Um, I I enjoy those moments when I can just let go and go down the rabbit hole, especially like when it's on an ad campaign or just on, I mean, even in an Excel sheet, uh, you know, trying to figure out the numbers of this or that. But I think with there, there's that whole fate, you know, the fear assumptions, technology and environment. And with with my type of office, the environment, it's pretty busy around there. So waiting till after hours uh, helps me get away, you know, it, it helps me get away from the, the, my environmental restrictions technology. I, I'm still trying to figure that out because right now a lot of the data that I process internally for our marketing is through Excel sheets. And um, we're trying to figure out a CRM system. We have, Our IT company, which is overseas in Belgium, that they've built a CRM that's worked for other companies over in Europe. But over here, it's it's a little bit confusing. So we're trying to figure that out. Um, And then some of our team is calling for like Salesforce and other such CRM systems. Um, But because we don't have one that's completely working for us yet or that our team can understand yet, our, our technology is very limited in that and then i uh, you know i there there's always fear and assumptions but i don't i don't see those as very restrictive maybe the assumptions are restrictive with what others are assuming the department has the ability to do
0: well let me let me ask a question it might get you in trouble so stop me but why <laughs> okay. not go and ask for more people why not go ask for more resources you're obviously doing a bunch
1: Yeah, and I have, and we're working on it. Uh, Like I said, I I got an intern for the first time. (laughs) Did you have to
0: recruit and pick that intern yourself? Yes. So HR is another thing that you've got bouncing around in your head?
1: Well, yeah, I I did have assistance um, and uh, advice from our HR department. But yeah, I I did go out to pick my own intern, um, and she's doing a great job. But it's, it's definitely something that I bring up on occasion. And, and uh, it, I think it's something that is definitely going to expand in the future.
0: What sort of, what sort of, um, what sort of a case do you make? Cause you know, I, I, w- we come in, we're talented, obviously you're able to do all of these things. And uh, you feel like, uh, you know, I, I need to show them that I can do these sorts of things, but When you say, okay, listen, we need more resources here. If we're going to get all of this done, what sort of, what sort of um, a case did you make? Uh, Did you use uh, data? Did you use, how did you make your case?
1: So basically I, I will say we did, we did change owners this past year, a little over a little about a year ago. And so that's changed a lot of things in the way things are proposed. Cause before that it was, just do it as we always do it. And that assumptions was a big part of what restricted us then, I think, and, and uh, from branching out and with the changes we're, we're able to propose a lot more. I mean, to try and expand and understand what we're doing.
0: sounds like they might have a more, more uh, mature budgeting process.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, this, this last year we did a huge uh, trade show, that basically, and we were going to have some ambassadors from Europe come and visit, and so basically, we put a lot of our effort into that in, into that campaign, um, and we actually did a lot of marketing, both digital and print, and, and created created new graphics, new everything, and it went really well, which I think is why things are starting to expand. But again, we're still um, we're still at the beginning of our journey of building a kind of a, a really big. Department a really uh, substantial department, I should say
0: just at the beginning yeah, well, so uh, you know I don't want to focus too much on uh, the uh, the difficulties and the downsides, um, although that is clearly why I brought you on the podcast, but talk a little bit about what you love about this role, and um, uh, you've been doing it for a while, so uh, uh you're obviously the kind of person that uh, somewhat thrives, I guess, uh, on, on a variety of changes. But I'm putting words in your mouth. Tell us why you love this job and why you continue to, to work in this. Um, uh, it's a difficult situation.
1: I absolutely love doing this because I, I mean, of course, there's the challenge of figuring this out. It's like stepping bef- before a great big puzzle and figuring out how the parts work. And then putting them together and figuring out the communication. I mean, one of the one of the things I really love the uh, kind of kind of when I started, they gave me this big old folder that was just full of information about our products, but it it didn't. It was one of those things that you know, if you sat down at night and you tried to read through it, you fall asleep before you made it past the first few pages. And so, I what I like to do is kind of dive into that information uh, reorganize it and, and, and kind of, um, cook it down so that, uh, and recommunicate it so that people understand it and, and that they want to, they're able to compartmentalize it. They're able to categorize this product does this, this does that, and understand the differences.
0: Basic communication.
1: Basic communication, basically. <laughs> um, I'm the marketing and communications person. So I, I asked them to add that to my title. Cause that's, that's what I really enjoy doing and you know coming up with a campaign especially when we have a new one uh figuring out how because we had we do have uh, a lot of literature uh and copy that comes over from Italy that's translated and uh some of it's translated just fine and and some of it not so much it can get a little confusing so we have to rewrite it the best we can and and figuring out how to rewrite this copy so that it Communicates the same idea to our customers because uh, our our market is significantly different, but still we're marketing the same product.
0: Well, I'm hearing something that I hear frequently, and that people in in, in these roles generally like to add structure to chaos. Yes. Um, and businesses, and I'll say it's it's true here. We we're, we're pretty good at creating chaos for for people like you. So I've, I've, I have to tell you, I've had exactly the experience that I thought that I was going to have. And, and, and I, again, I'm talking to even to even to large organizations or where there's a large team doing the marketing, it still <laughs> boils it. down to this. Everyone's doing lots of different things. And I, I, I think it's probably an unavoidable an unavoidable approach in marketing just because there's so much that we can't do, especially in the, the digital realm. And we're dealing with human brains. They're, they're qualitative, malleable, unpredictable, uh, downright crazy. And so hats off to you for um, taking this on and, and, and doing all of these things. And uh, I always appreciate people who are, are pulling things from the chaos and giving them structure. I found my discussion with Aaron about creative time most interesting. When do you get to settle in and write or design or just get curious? For me, it's Friday afternoons and certain mornings that I delay coming in the office. But I realize I never put that on my calendar. I never carve out time to let the competing thoughts in my head quiet down and let my curiosity take the wheel for an hour or two. Do you do this? Should you do it more? Well, that's all this week, scientists.